Well, as, uh, as Caleb said, uh, happy Father's Day, but uh, we, we like to refer to it as Father's Hour uh, here. Um, and uh, <laughs> that's my wife booing me. Uh, I'm hoping to get an hour. Uh, no, it, it'll be a great day of honor and celebration, I'm sure. Right, babe? Um, so that's your cue, babe, to say yes, sir. No, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Or your highness or whatever. Uh, but, I mean, it is a great day. I mean, the, uh, you know, for us dads today, because, I mean, we get to kind of check out of here, here in, a, in a moment early before everybody else gets out of the church. And so we've got kind of the restaurants to choose from. So dads, wherever you want to go, okay, uh, I think you can get there first today. Uh, and then we got enough time to, uh, to eat lunch and then get home in time to watch the Texas Longhorns defeat the Aggies at the College World Series today. Uh, can I get a hook them? Okay, no? All right. Uh, I guess, I, are there some Aggies here this morning? Oh, a lot of Aggies. Okay, okay. Well, we'll see about that. Um, we'll see if you're here next week, okay? Um, Anyway, now that I've opened that can of worms, Texas is going to lose now. I know they are. Um, but, and they'll let me hear it on the phone today. And then after that game's over, you can probably catch the last nine holes of the U.S. Open today. Uh, so, so that's going on. Uh, so it's going to be a great day. And uh, man, we thank you for choosing to kick off this great day uh, here at Gospel City Church as we continue our series through the Gospel of John. And uh, what we've been doing this year is we've been walking through John and we've been looking at the, uh, at the life of Jesus and the life that he calls us to as his followers. And we get to John chapter 10 this morning, um, and Kyle did a great job uh, a couple of weeks ago of, of, uh, of unpacking you know, the first uh, 10 verses of, of, of John chapter 10. And we get to this section uh, this morning and, and Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And, and he says that because he knows that he's speaking to a Jewish audience and he knows that this Jewish audience uh, has a framework, uh, has, uh, has reference of, of Psalm 23 that says, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. And that was a pretty popular psalm back in that day, and it's a still a really popular psalm uh, in, in, in today, especially at funerals. Be because there, there's something about Psalm 23, there's something about the comfort that you and I find when we talk about God, that Jesus being the good shepherd. There, there's comfort being found when we read that the good shepherd, he, he takes us to calm places. There's something comforting about when we read that, that the good shepherd uh, restores our weary and broken hearts. There's something comforting when we hear that he provides complete safety in the presence of our enemies. That, that Psalm 23 just has this way of capturing the human heart, especially when the human heart is weary and broken. And this is the reason why every single one of us long for that kind of peace. We long for that kind of comfort. We long for that kind of satisfaction. And Jesus, knowing this about every human heart, knowing that his audience had a framework uh, for Psalm 23, says in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd. And we, we've probably all heard that 
And, and probably cognitively, we would all agree with that statement that Jesus is the good shepherd. But, but this morning, I want to ask the question, have we ever experienced that at the heart level? Have we ever experienced that in our souls and, and really embraced the true meaning of what it means for Jesus to be our good shepherd? So in John chapter 10 this morning, just two thoughts I want to pull out of these few verses that we're going to look at. Two things. Let me just give them to you up front, and then we'll unpack them as we go along. But the first one is this, that we're going to see, is what Jesus is for the sheep. That number one is what, what Jesus is for the sheep, and number two, what Jesus does for his sheep. So we're going to look at that. What Jesus is for the sheep, okay, and then what Jesus does for the sheep. So if you have your Bibles this morning, you can turn to John chapter 10, this morning, John chapter 10, if you didn't bring your Bibles, we're going to put it up on the screen for you, or you can pull it up on your, on your phones. But John chapter 10 this morning, and Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And we're going to look at what is, what's the application of that for us as we hold on to that. So John chapter 10, let's look at what Jesus is for his sheep. Let's look at uh, verses 11 through 13. So this is Jesus speaking to a Jewish audience. And he says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd, is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. And the, then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man who runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So, so Jesus tells us there's two kinds of shepherds, okay? That there's the hired hand uh, who, who are the shepherds keeping watch over the flock. But then there's the owners of the sheep who are keeping watch over their flock. And there's a big difference between the two. Because Jesus says the hired hands, they're, they're, it's just a job for them, okay? They're just doing it for the money. And it wasn't a lot of money. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a glorious profession, but, but, but it was work, none, you know, all, all the same. And so they're out in the shepherds, uh, or they're out in the, in the, uh, in the, uh, um, in the wilderness, walking, watching over the flocks of sheep. Um, and, uh, and Jesus says when, when the predators come, because they're just hired hands because it's just a job because it's just, they're just doing it for the money. When the predators come, they scatter. They leave. They're not going to risk their lives to protect the sheep. They're not losing their lives over a job. But Jesus says there's also shepherds who own the sheep. And when the owners watch over the sheep, it means that their entire wealth is, was the sheep. Okay? Their entire wealth was the sheep, which meant the sheep were the shepherd's joy. The sheep were the uh, shepherd's prize. It was, the, it was his honor. It was their pride. And the, the shepherd lives with, he protects, he provides, he leads, he guides, he owns the sheep. That he's everything for the sheep. And so they, which meant that they were everything to him. And Jesus says in John chapter 10, I'm not a hired hand. Okay, this isn't my job, but this is who I am. I am the good shepherd. And this was Jesus's way of saying that you and I are his joy. That we're his prize, we're his honor, we're his glory. We are his everything. Now, now I, I know it sounds really sweet and comforting to say, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. 
In fact, you know, that'd be a great greeting card, right? I mean, just write, the Lord is my shepherd. You know, write Psalm 23, put on a card, sign it, send it to someone. That's really sweet and comforting, right? And, and, and it sounds good, but, but if the Lord is my shepherd, the, the implication of that is that means that we then are sheep, right? If the Lord is my shepherd, well, the shepherd has to have sheep, and that means that we're Sheep, and, and the Bible refers to people all throughout, all throughout the Bible as sheep. Well, it sounds cute, okay, and it, and it sounds comforting, but it's not a compliment, okay? In fact, it's not a compliment because sheep are stupid, all right? So, so if dad has been calling you his little lamb, that's his nickname for you. You might want to rethink that. Um, but no, it's not a compliment because sheep are stupid. Sheep are defenseless. Sheep are helpless. Sheep have no sense of direction, right? No sense of direction. So they, they, they get lost. They'll just wander off aimlessly. That, that sheep, they are so stupid, they will eat poisonous plants that will kill them unless somebody stops them from doing it. Sheep are so stupid and so helpless and so defenseless that they can actually fall over because they don't have very good balance and they have all this wool on them. They don't have very good balance. They can fall over and get trapped on their back like a turtle on its shell and not be able to get up and end up dying. Still want to sign up to be a sheep? But the Lord is my shepherd. That means we are his sheep. And, and if the Lord is going to be our shepherd and we're going to be his sheep, that means that he has to be our everything, that we have to depend on him for everything. Now, let's be honest. We, we don't really like that. We don't like to depend on anybody for anything, okay? I mean, I could ask the rhetorical question. Anybody like being dependent on anybody for anything? Nobody would raise their hand, right? None of us like to depend on anybody for anything, but if we're gonna be his sheep, we have to depend on him for everything. And, and, and if we were just really to peel back the, the layers of our heart, most of us don't think we really need a shepherd. Because most of us, myself included, think, you know what? We're pretty good people. We try to do the right thing most of the time. We try to help people. We, we, we try to be involved in community organizations and we try to serve our community and we try to do enough religious activities to, you know, to kind of keep God happy. And most of us don't think we're that bad. And because we're not that bad and we're actually pretty good people, we don't think we need a shepherd. So this whole thing that the Lord is my shepherd, it really doesn't land on my heart because we don't think or need, we don't think we need or want a shepherd. What we really need is a, is a consultant. I mean, if we're just being honest, that, that we don't want Jesus as a shepherd. We want Jesus as a consultant. We want to keep him on retainer, right? And, and, and that he'll kind of step in if we need him. All right. If we need him, if life gets out of control or something that's bigger than me or that I can figure out, then, you know, Jesus needs you to step in, do your little Jesus stuff and then kind of step back out. I got you on retainer. The Lord is my consultant. That, that sounds a little better. But John 15 
Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so we desperately need the good shepherd, and his name is Jesus. And his name is Jesus. And we we don't need him as a consultant. We need him as a savior. We need him as a shepherd. And so in order for us to fully understand the depth of Jesus being our good shepherd, we have to step into the arena of obedience. You see, see, a sheep cannot say, well, you know, I'll, I'll obey the shepherd over here in this field, but I won't obey the shepherd in this field, all right? But, but we do all the time. That, that, that we kind of determine when and where and how we'll obey the good shepherd. And we say, God, you know, I'll obey you over here, but this area of my life, it's off limits. You're not allowed to touch this. But if we really want to experience the depth of love and if we really want to experience the depth of commitment that, that Jesus has towards us, we have to step into the arena of obedience and allow him to encompass and step into every arena of our lives, that there's no exclusion, there's no holding back, but it's complete access to our lives. We need to understand, and here's the the deal. Watch, listen, don't miss this. In order for us to do that, in order for us to step into the arena of giving God access to every arena of our lives, we need to understand that every single command that the Good Shepherd has for our lives are simply expressions of his love and his commitment to our good and our joy. Let me say that one more time. Every command that God gives us, it's not kill joy. It's not controlling. But every command that God gives us in, in, in his word is an expression of his commitment of love and his commitment to, to our joy and our good. And when we kind of get and we step into the arena of obedience with that frame of reference, with that thought, with bringing our hearts around the fact that, okay, everything that he asks of me, everything that, that, that he says that I, I, I need to be about is simply his commitment to, to my joy and my goodness, our, our, our obedience becomes more natural. Our obedience becomes more gracious. Our obedience becomes easier when we step into the arena that we're given the good shepherd complete access to our lives. Now, that doesn't happen overnight. That doesn't happen just because we say it's going to happen. That, that, that's when we keep saying this as we go through this series. That's consistent moments in his word. That's consistent moments through prayer. Not saying our prayers, but prayer. Pouring out our hearts, saying, God, this is what's going on. This is, what I, this is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I'd like to see happen. But God, not my will, but your will be done. And I'm going to camp out on this prayer for a couple of days or a couple of weeks or a couple of months or a couple of years, as long as it takes for me to say, okay, God, you have complete access to this arena. You have complete access to this situation that, that I'm trusting that whatever happens is your commitment, your expression of your commitment to my joy and to my good. And because I, I understand how much you love me, you want what's best for me. And you can see how this is going to play out in the future and your word says that you're committed to my good and your glory. So not my will, but your will be done. 
It's consistent moments in corporate worship with our brothers and sisters. It's consistent moments in a small group sitting across a table or in a living room with some brothers and sisters in Christ to remind us, hey, 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 it's not your will, it's his will. You know, let's go back to these scriptures. Let me remind you of these scriptures. Let's pray about this together. Let's walk through this together. That's what it means to step into the arena of obedience. And when we embrace that truth, our obedience will come more naturally and not begrudgingly. So, so that's what Jesus is for his sheep. He is a good shepherd who is committed to us and who loves us. And he's committed to our good and our joy. But what does Jesus give to his sheep? What does Jesus give to his sheep? And this is more comfort than it is practical. But let's read verses 14 through 18 and get ready to read along. I'm going to set you up here and I need you to say a very important word. So verse 14 says, I am the good shepherd. Okay, follow along with me. And, and I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. Get ready. And I, and I lay down my life. Whoa, whoa. I mean, I lay down my life for, let's say that word together, for. Let's say it one more time, for. Okay, now that we're awake, let's, uh, let's say it again, okay? Let's get ready to say it with me. And I lay down my life. That's good news, and I'm gonna tell you why in just a moment. So underline that, circle that in your Bible. For I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, but I must bring them also, and they too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. This command I received from my father. So, I laid down my life. What? That's a really important word because it is full of good news. And that word for, it literally means instead of. Instead of. And so the implication of that is Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and I'm going to lay down my life instead of my sheep laying down their life that I'm the good shepherd and I'm gonna lay down my life in place of my sheep. I am the good shepherd and I'm gonna lay down my life as a substitute for my sheep. That Jesus says, I am the good shepherd and I'm gonna die in the dark so they can live in the light. That I'm gonna take their cross so they can have my crown. I'm gonna take their punishment so that they can have my reward. I'm gonna die instead of them. And yes, my sheep, I know them and I love them and I know they can be foolish and rebellious at times, but this is the reason they can be my joy and my glory and my reward and my honor because I laid down my life for instead of my sheep. And that's the difference between what we can do for God and what he has already done for us. And we need to realize there's nothing we can do for him to be good enough that even our best behavior on our best day is not good enough to overcome the, 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 the sin that are in our lives to make it to God. 
And so God saw that we were in this hopeless spot. And so he came down in the form of a man, Jesus. And he lived the life that we can't live. And he died the death that we deserve. And instead of us paying the penalty for what we've done wrong, he paid the penalty for what we've done wrong. And he got the curse of our sin. And when we put our faith in him and who he is and what he's done for us, we get the blessing of his obedience. It's instead of. It's a substitute. It's Four. And Jesus says, no one may, takes my life. I willingly, I voluntarily lay it down because of my love for my sheep. So, two applications. Two quick applications for the heart. And then we're done. Application number one. Just come and rest and this truth. Just, just come and rest that Jesus is the good shepherd and he knows everything about us. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. That there is nothing in our lives that take him by surprise. There's nothing in our lives that take him off guard. He knows us completely and he still says, I lay down my life for you. He knows everything we've ever done. He knows everything we will ever do. And so our past does not, does not come into factor in him laying down his life. Our, our future, our, uh, our merit, our good deeds don't weigh into this. This is something he's done for us and all we have to do is receive it and we need to rest in that. He knows everything about us and he still chose to lay down his life for us. So rest in that, that there's nothing you can do. There's nothing I can do to make God love us more and there's nothing we can do to ever make God love us less. He loves us. We are his beloved we've talked about beloved it means that we are richly holy completely unconditionally loved by God so rest in that and the second application for the heart is this is that he knows your name he knows your name he knows your name go, go, go back to verse 3 Jesus says the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. That the good shepherd, what makes him so good is that he calls us by name. That, that's how special you are. He knows your name. That you're special. Now, my mama said my whole life I'm special. But this is a whole different kind of special. This is value. This is love. This is commitment. In Luke chapter 15, there's, Jesus tells the story about this shepherd who, who, who out of a hundred sheep, one of them wander off. And this shepherd goes looking for the one. He leaves the 99 and he goes and he looks for the one. And he runs after and he searches and he calls out that sheep by name. John! Lisa, Mike, 
Nathan. He calls us by name because he knows us. And the story goes on that the shepherd, he finds that sheep and he puts that sheep on his back and he carries it back to the flock. And when a shepherd would do that, the shepherd would put the, put the sheep down in the midst of the flock, but he would get down on his hands and knees and he would wrap his arms around, the, around, that, around that sheep and he would just love on that sheep and pet that sheep and do it until that sheep would go off on its own into the flock. He would do it until that sheep got enough love and enough attention. And then that shepherd called all his friends and said, let's have a party. I found my one that was lost. He was lost, but now he's found. And if that doesn't make you feel loved or special enough, there's one more story. And it's the story of the cross. And that while we were still yet sinners, in other words, before we ever thought about God, he was thinking about us. And Jesus went to the cross and he was forsaken so we could be accepted. He was condemned so that we could be forgiven. That he said once and for all, it is finished. In other words, it's not about what you can do for me. It's about what I've already done for you. And all you've got to do is put your faith and your trust in me. And when we grasp, grasp the depth that he is our good shepherd, love will just wash over us.